want to get into week four of the weight of when. On the first week of this series, if you've been tracking with us, I really tackled who. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the wind. He is the breath. He, he, he's the wind in our sails wanting to equip, empower, and push us forward into the purposes of God. And on week two, I talked about the different festivals fulfilled and Pentecostals, uh, Pentecost's will, which really tackled why we need the Holy Spirit for, for empowerment and equipping for the journey. On week three, last week, I shared what uh, about the Holy Spirit, what he brings. He brings spiritual gifts. And so this week, I want to talk a little bit about when. When do I know that I have the fullness of the Holy Spirit? When um, does the Holy Spirit show up? When? Uh, because there is uh, some confusion sometimes in this, and I want to do my best to try to break down scriptures to make it as simple and easy to take your next step on the spiritual journey that you can. That sound good? All right, that sound all right? Turn with me to Acts chapter 18. If you've got your Bible, Acts chapter 18, you're welcome to use your, your, your devices. And if you are, then I'm in the New Living Translation. And I just want to read a piece of scripture that shares a little bit about that confusion. Sometimes there can be confusion around the subject of the Holy Spirit. And uh, listen, it comforts me to know I am not alone. You are not alone. We are not alone. For even as scripture was being written, there were questions. And it says in Acts chapter 18... That a Jew named Apollos, who, by the way, was an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures very well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught in the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. You hear that? Look, there's, there's some spirit in him. There's an energy in him. There's excitement. There's accuracy. And it says, but however, say however, he only knew, he knew only about John's baptism. There's, there's more than one baptism? <laughs> what, what do you mean? And so Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue. And, and I believe they took him aside and they affirmed him. And they said, you've got some skills, bro. Your communication skills are on point. But they took him aside and they explained the way of God even more accurately. It is my hope today that I can explain the things of God even more accurately from wherever you are in the spiritual journey to I don't know a thing about it to I've been doing this for quite a while. Give it your best shot, Pastor. That's my aim for today is to talk even more accurately about baptism, which, by the way, there's a few scriptures that point that there are more than one. It says, uh, Paul later said, we should go on from talking about these simple things, including the baptisms, plural. And so many don't realize there's more than one baptism. We, 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 frequently, um, we frequently understand the first baptism or, or one of the three as water baptism. That's what happens when I'm uh, dunked underwater or that's what happens when I'm sprinkled or that's that, that I, I, I've seen that one before, but you might be thinking, Pastor, is there more than that? How can there be more than that? Well, let me tell you this. There's one Lord, but there's three in that one Lord. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You and I are one human being, 
But there's three in that one. There's spirit, soul, body. And I'm going to show you in scripture today that there's actually three baptisms. Even though Ephesians 4 might say we should have a one baptism experience and all be in united. But I believe there's three in that one. And, and, and there's, there's a, a, a blood, a water, and a spirit baptism. Let me show you 1 John 5, 7 through 8 says it this way. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which we know in John 1, the Bible says that the Word became flesh. So that reference is pointing to Jesus Christ. There's three in heaven. There's, there's the Father, there's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth as well. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. See that? I'm going to break that down. That the blood is the first baptism. The water is the second baptism. And the Spirit is the third baptism. Say there's a journey. There's a journey. And these three agree as one they're not in contradiction to one another they agree and they point to one another and so i, I just want to remind you as you say but, but I, this is different this is different i've only heard of one can i remind you it's the enemy's favorite thing to take gifts away from you it, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I talked about spiritual gifts last week in a historical look that if you study through the dark ages that all the gifts of God have pretty much been stripped away from the body and from the church and yet God has been restoring and giving them back again. And, and I want to remind you that the enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy but I also want to remind you that God's got a spiritual journey for us. It's not pray a prayer. Get sprinkled or dunked, and then you are straight for life. Like, it, there is a journey. We don't stop growing with God beyond water baptism, and I want to explain that a little bit more with the time that I have with you today. And so I've simply entitled this message, Filled for Fulfillment. Filled for fulfillment. I believe you'll find your greatest fulfillment when you're operating in your spiritual gifts and living out the purpose God put you on earth for. Would you pray with me? Father, open up our hearts. Show us more of yourself in your word. Let your word be written upon our heart that we might not sin against you. Most importantly, God, reveal truth to us that every lie would be expelled and your truth would stand strong in us that we could honor you, witness for you, Live well on your behalf. It's your name we're carrying. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone who agrees said, amen. Let me first start by defining baptism. Because a lot of times we think baptism means dunking in water. But what uh, baptism actually means is it means to be immersed. To be submerged. It means to be overwhelmed by something. In other words, it's not a hokey pokey kind of thing. I got one foot in, I got one foot out. No, 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 no. When you are submerged, when you are overwhelmed, when you are immersed, there's no one foot in, one foot out. I tell, I tell the pastors when we do water baptism, when you dunk someone, don't go soft. Dunk them all the way because I don't want to. I didn't want to be dunked and like my forehead not be dunked. Some people will come out going, "Did that count?" Like there were parts of me 
have parts of me that weren't fully covered. I want to go again, Pastor. And so, and so we fully submerge in baptism, but that's just one of them. Let me, there's actually three baptisms in your spiritual journey. Let me start with the first one that you probably all agree on whether you, you've defined it as this or not. The first one is the baptism in the body of Christ. Somebody say salvation. The baptism in the body of Christ. Let me say it this way. The, the immersion into the body of Christ. You hear that? Like the first part of your spiritual journey is to make the decision, I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm not doing the one foot in, one foot out. I'm not doing the Sunday I look like I'm a body of Christ member. I'm going to live for him. And on Monday through Saturday, I will not. It is an immersion into the body of Christ. He is my head. I am the body of Christ. I am here to be a representative of him. He has, I have become immersed in Jesus through repentance. If, if you've been tracking this whole series, that would be that first festival. That would be the salvation moment where you, you, you ask God into your heart. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For we were all immersed. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body. In other words, I made a decision to let Jesus Christ come into my heart. I didn't say some of it. I said all of it. Baptize me with your forgiveness. Every area of my life. And, and, and I'm all in and I am now joined to the body of Christ because the blood of Jesus has covered me. And that's why it, I believe that scripture is pointing to the blood of Jesus Christ which forgives us of our sins. Let me be clear. Attendance cannot do this. Church membership cannot do this. Enrolling in a Christian school or hanging out with Christian friends cannot do this for you. These are all good ideas. But uh, telling me that, uh, well, Pastor, I pray every day. Prayer routines cannot do this. Romans 10, 9 says that we need to believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is Lord. And so that and that faith confession alone is what does this baptism, okay? Um, even the disciples had a baptism experience like this. I'd like to point it out to you real briefly. John chapter 20, it talks about Jesus. He's, he's been crucified on the cross. He was then taken down and put into the tomb, but he was resurrected and he rose again. And then the Bible says for the next 40 days, he just started showing up and popping up wherever he really wanted to, chilling with his disciples. One time, his disciples were up in a room. They had the doors locked as if that's going to stop God from getting in. Come on, some of us try to lock up secrets in our life, and we try to lock up uh, relationships in our life, and we try to lock up certain things in our life and think, Jesus can't penetrate this. They had the doors locked. It didn't stop Jesus. The Bible says that he just appeared, and his first words were, peace be with you. Because if Jesus just popped up in a locked room, you would need him to say, peace be with you as well. You'd be going, ah, oh. Didn't know you were there. Didn't know you were with me. And so tra track with me, John 20, verse 21. Jesus said, peace be with you. It says in, in, in verse 19, uh, uh, 20, right before this, that he then showed his scars in his hands. 
and his pierced side. And then he once again calmed him and said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's interesting. I believe at salvation, the Holy Spirit is with you. There is a portion of the Holy Spirit that is breathed upon them. And, and so, is the Holy Spirit with me? I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, I believe the Holy Spirit's with you. I, be, I absolutely believe so. But what's interesting is that Jesus would then tell them, I, I, I believe this was their confession moment. And you say, well, he walked with them for three years. But remember this, Jesus had not paid for their sins yet on the cross. So he dies, pays for their sins, resurrects again, and it's at that point that they say, you are who we thought you were. You are the Son of God, and he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit fills your soul when you receive salvation. But then Jesus said this, you don't have it all yet. Wait for it. Go into an upper room and do not get started until I pour out on you. Until I submerge you even more with the Holy Spirit. I find that interesting that if it was one and done at a prayer, why would he tell his closest disciples, you don't have it all yet. Don't go to work just yet. I find that interesting. And so um, when does this first baptism happen? Well, it happens the day we, are, the day we repent and believe. I, I, I remember my story. And I think it's so important that when, we, when you make a decision that you fill out a card and connect with us because we want to uh, help you take your next steps. Here's why. I remember in August of 2002, I made a decision. My life needs to change. I've done a lot of things I'm not proud of. And, and, and I need, I'm asking God to forgive me. And I remember going to the altar. I bowed my knees and I prayed. And I sincerely asked God into my heart. I sincerely asked him to forgive me. Problem is, I hadn't been around church like this in a very long time. So I didn't know the proper Christianese. I didn't know the proper terms. When people told me to, I needed to be born again, I felt much like Nicodemus. What you talking about, bro? I'm not crawling back up in my mother's womb again. What are we talking about born again? What are we talking about forgiven? What are we talking about are you really Christian? I didn't know what people were talking about. It just so happened that a friend of mine was the drummer of the church. And he comes up to me and goes, I'm so proud of you today. I'm like, yeah, that prayer, felt, I felt something. That was pretty awesome. He said, I'm going to a, a concert at this other church tomorrow night. You want to come with me? I said, sure. Like, I don't know what just happened, but I'm in. And I went with him. And as we were walking in the lobby, he introduces me. Hey, he says, hey, this is my buddy Drew. He got saved last night. I tried to keep it together, guys. There was a part of me that wanted to just say, I don't know who you are, but you're going to have to wait for a moment. Because in my head, I thought, I did. Like, that's what happened. Like, that terminology y'all talk about, saved, and salvation. Like, I did that. Like, I, I, I passed. I, I, I'm in or something. But, but instead, I kept it together. I'm like, what's up, bro? Yeah, last night was pretty awesome. Hey, nice to meet you. The moment he walked away, and I said, I did. And he said, yeah, bro. You are part of the body of Christ. You are in. 
And that's why I think it's important because my ignorance, I just didn't know I was in. I didn't know I had been baptized in the body of Christ just by simply a confession of faith and a receiving him in my heart. And that's why we always want to help people on their next steps. And you know, one of the best places for people to make that decision is on Easter Sunday, which is three weeks away, y'all. Come on. Right now, I'm putting up, would you begin to pray about who God would lay on your heart to invite to Easter? There are people who would tell you no on 50 weeks of the year, but on Christmas and Easter, they'll say yes. So invite them to church, and I'm asking the boldness of the Holy Spirit. That's why we put this series here, to give you the boldness and courage to step out. I I love it if you share our posts, but a personal, one-on-one, face-to-face invite matters most. And I'm just going to ask you, would you invite your coworkers? Would you invite your friends? Would you invite your kids who have said no recently? Would you invite your spouse again? Would you invite your, your parents? Come on, your grandparents. Invite somebody to Easter. In fact, we got these new generic invite cards. Some people of you, some of y'all have asked for them, okay? And we're going to give you these on the way out. They just simply say, come sit with me. And it's an easy conversation starter. You have a church home? I love it if you come check it out. We meet in a movie theater. Come check it out. And, 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 and I believe that it might be a start to their spirit spiritual journey. That sound good? Take as many of these as you want. They'll be available every single week if it helps you share the love of Jesus. Number two, the second baptism is the one many of us are most familiar with. It's the baptism into water. And when does this happen? We are instructed that this should happen soon after the first baptism, soon after choosing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you say, I'm all in, I asked him to forgive me, I made a private decision, you should soon after be publicly baptized. Look at, um, in water, look at Acts 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message, that's the first baptism, those who accepted his message were then baptized and so something happened after the personal decision it was water and baptism 27 times in the new testament people immediately requested to be baptized after making the decision to give their life to jesus christ and so i want to encourage you if you've never taken the water plunge i believe it's something that you should it's your next step of your journey you are still saved It is not required to go to heaven. It has just been demonstrated by Jesus, endorsed by Jesus. And from where I stand, if Jesus feels like he needs to be water baptized, then I stand with no excuse as well. If I'm going to be a follower of his, I'm going to choose to be baptized. Now, let me tell you about my story. When I, soon after August 2002, I started, a a man in the church started discipling me and showing me more about the Bible. And he said, "Um, have you ever been baptized? When are you going to be baptized? And I said, oh, I got that one taken care of. I'm good to go. So what you talking about? I said, well, like I told you, I was was raised in the Catholic faith. I I was baptized since I was like six days old, man. Like (laughs) green check next to that one. Like what's next? Let's keep the ball rolling. And he said, that, that's, that's awesome. I love that. And he said, was that your decision to be baptized? Or was it your parents' decision? And what I came to learn is that you won't find one time in the Bible that somebody else made the decision to have them water baptized. 
It was always people learning about Jesus Christ, like Philip teaching a, 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 a eunuch one time, and he said, what? That's what Jesus did for me? That's who he is? Hey, there's a mud puddle over there. Can I too be baptized? In other words, it becomes a personal decision. And what I so loved is one of our gentlemen um, on our dream team, this last baptism, decided, I want to get baptized too. I was, I was baptized as a kid, but I'm going to make a personal decision that I want to express my own faith. I told my parents, I appreciate what you did for me as a kid. I love it. I'm so grateful for the way you raised me. This time I want to get baptized because I chose to. This time I want to tell the world the decision that I personally made and no one else can make that decision for me. I think water baptism is much like the wedding band of salvation. If I don't wear this band, it doesn't mean that I'm not married for my marriage is still legitimized, right? My, my marriage is still official, but uh, I, I've made a private decision. But when I add the ring on there, it just tells everybody the decision that I made publicly. I think that's what water baptism is like. And so if you would like to do that, um, we're going to have um, baptisms the week after Easter. In fact, they'll throw up a, a slide right now that you can scan if you're like, come on, I have not taken the water plunge before and I need to. Then I would encourage you, sign up. You can just scan that code um, um, because I believe it needs to happen. In fact, tell your neighbor, let it be known. Let it be known. If you love the Lord, let it be known. Um, Matthew 10 says it this way. Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. And whoever does not acknowledge me before men, I will disown him before the Father in heaven. In other words, your faith was never, been, was never meant to be kept private. Your faith was, let, was meant to be known expressed, shared, helping others. You know, one of the coolest things we started doing is about two years ago, we decided to invest funds into a, a, a church van. And uh, we started running this van every single week. We run it over to Halo Homeless Shelter. And we offer anyone who's there. We go there once a month with worship and a word. We're going to be there tonight. But we also offer every Sunday, anyone who wants to jump in the van, we will drive you to church and back from church. And the, the cool thing is, is to meet some of their guests and how they're growing with us. We've got a number of people who reside there on our dream team now making a difference. And one of the coolest things is a number of them have made a personal decision for Jesus Christ. And they said, I too want to get baptized. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's celebrate that for a moment. Now, I got bad news, and then I got really good news. The bad news is, one day, we as a staff had a miscommunication with our volunteers. It was our fault, and um, we thought we had a driver going, and we didn't. It happened to be a baptized sun baptism Sunday, like three, four weeks ago. Y'all remember that? And a number of their guests were stoked to get baptized. So we reached out to Halo, and we said, that's our bad. We messed up, so can we make it up to you? When we come again, which is tonight at 7.30, can we baptize not only those guests, but anyone who's made a decision for Jesus Christ? I'm here to tell you, at least four people, I think it might even be five, are getting baptized tonight at 7.30. I hope you come and just celebrate the mess 
this out of our church family because I love what's happening there and the decisions they're making. I told them, can we video it? Because our church body would love to celebrate you. And they said yes. And so if you cannot make it next week, we're going to celebrate together as we play back that video. I'm so pumped. Give it up for them one more time. Thank you for all the volunteers who said, I'll, I'll wake up early, drive a van, and then drive them back. You are blessing and changing people's lives. And then the third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8 says it this way. Now let me point this out to you. This happens five years after the original Pentecost. This is five years after Acts 2 has happened. The first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is still an important message and an important thing to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit to the apostles because it says this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. There's the first baptism. They accepted the word. They accepted Jesus. And when they received him, they accepted him. Then the apostles sent Peter and John down to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not, had not yet come upon any of them. That's interesting. I thought you said the Holy Spirit came in you at the first one. He does, yet just like Jesus said, there is more. Tell your neighbor, there is more. There is more, and so much more that it was important enough to send Peter and John. These are big dogs. These are, one of, these are two of the original closest three to Jesus. They send them down because they said, did you receive the Holy Spirit yet? And they, they, they responded. Um, they simply had been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. There's the second baptism. They've been water baptized, and, and then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Do you see multiple layers of the journey? In other words, it's not pray and done. It's, it's, it's a continuation. It's a keep moving. It was not salvation pending, yet it was important enough to send two of the three uh, closest disciples to Jesus to ensure you too have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've heard it said this way, and it helped me. When you receive salvation, the first baptism, it's like filling your glass full of water, right? You have the Holy Spirit, and he fills you on the inside. But then take that glass of water and chunk it into a swimming pool. Now it's immersed. Now it's fully immersed in water. And that's what I want. I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I want the fullness of God into my life. I don't just want a drop. I want the fullness. And again, it's not for salvation. It's for the work that has to be done. Your soul has, your name's already been written in the book of life at the first one. But I don't want to just stop there. I want to follow Jesus' command to be water baptized, and then I want to receive everything that the apostles received that God said was for me too. In fact, let me show you one more place where all three are seen, and then I'll give you four quick points, okay? That sound good? You with me? Are you tracking with me? I know it's a lot of information today, but is, are, are, is this helpful? Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> one more place where all three are shown. Watch this, Acts chapter 19. Paul, the Apostle Paul, by the way, he wrote two-thirds of our New Testament. He knows a little something about doctrine. 
He knows a little something about the word of God. He, he wrote it. All right, inspired by God. Paul traveled through the interior regions where he found several believers. Okay? They've already accepted Jesus, a believer, uh, first baptism. His question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let me ask you a question. What kind of question is that? From probably the most doctrinally versed apostle, if the fullness of the Holy Spirit is poured out upon just salvation and repentance. He knew they already repented and believed in Jesus. And now his first question is, I got an important question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? This is the scripture we opened up the series with because their response was like many of ours. <laughs> Did you receive the Holy Spirit? No, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit, or some of us have heard to stay away from the Holy Spirit, right? And they're like, we're not even sure what you're talking about. Verse 3, then what baptism did you experience, Paul asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but, but, but John himself told you to believe in the one who is coming, uh, who would later come, meaning Jesus. So there you go. There's a first baptism. You're going to need to believe Jesus Christ and the message he's brought. And as soon as they heard, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's your second baptism. And then um, Paul was content, and he said, let's go eat a meal together. No, that's not what the scripture stops with. It then says... Then, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied. Guys, four times in the book of Acts, four different times, there was a third baptism in the Holy Spirit that was different from the other two baptisms. Four times in one book. And what was powerful when I started studying this out was this. It happened in Acts chapter 2. It happened in Acts chapter 6, it I'm sorry, 8, Acts 10, and Acts 19. What's powerful is Acts chapter 2 was Pentecost the first time it happened. Acts chapter 8 happened five years after the first time. Acts chapter 10 happened 10 years after the first time. And the scripture I just read you in Acts chapter 19 happened 25 years after the first filling of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the great apostle Paul still found it of urgent importance when he heard somebody receive the message of Jesus Christ by faith, he wanted to find out if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's interesting that it wasn't just an Acts 2 and done kind of thing. It was a, this is important for you. This is so important that we will continually put emphasis on this because it's not for salvation. It's for equipping you on the journey God's got ahead for you. Tell your neighbor, let's get equipped. Let's get equipped. So real quickly, my encouragement to close this series is Ephesians chapter 5, which says this. Do not get drunk on wine. In other words, don't go after a supernatural experience through intoxication, through substances, through, through addictions. Don't go after it through drugs, 
um, psychics, horoscopes, horror flicks. Isn't it crazy that we're all wired because we all are in search for a little something more. We're all in search for something a little beyond the natural. We're all in search for that. And so my encouragement is don't get drunk on earthly things. Don't get drunk on wine. But instead, which, by the way, those things lead to reckless indiscretion. We all know that to be true. Don't get drunk on those things. But instead, be filled. Say be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor right now, filled for fulfillment. So how do I get fulfilled? I close quickly with four R's and the band's going to come join me. Number one, the first way to be filled completely is to, number one, remove all barriers. Just remove all barriers. Acts chapter 2 said Peter told them, and they said, how in the world do we get saved? He said, repent. There's your first baptism. And be baptized. There's your second baptism. For, for, for every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's the third one again. The promise is for you. Poke your neighbor and say, you too. He says, and for your children and for people who are so far off. I believe it applies to 2022. I, th I believe it applies to the worst of sinners. I believe it applies to everybody that there is a journey that doesn't just stop at, Jesus, I believe in you. Hope I make it to heaven and live it out the rest of this time. No, 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 no. I believe there's a journey and we should take it. And I believe you should too. And so we just remove all barriers. How do you do that? Well, you just say, God, I've been taught some funny things. Or I've been kind of ignorant towards these things. I'm going to lay these things down and I'm just going to search scripture for myself. But I'm also going to open myself up to whatever you want to do. You're God and I'm not. I know there have been times in my life where I told God how God got to behave. And I want to get to the point, and I have, but I, I, I struggle too, come on, where I need to remove barriers. He said, she said, they said, come on, people. God, I want to remove all barriers and receive all you got for me. Number two, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. I remove barriers and I just simply request. Listen, on Christmas Day, tell my kids, when you got a gift underneath the tree and it's got your name on it, you don't have to strain. Please. You're going to get that gift before the day's up. Like, there's no need to strain. There's no need to ask over and over again. <laughs> just just request the gift. God, I, I hear my name's on a few gifts. I don't know which gifts of the Holy Spirit you want to give me, but any of them that got my name on them, I'm ready to unwrap them. I'm ready to use them for your glory. Let's look at Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All you got to do is ask, God, I'm ready for my gift now. Whatever you got, whatever I've missed, I'm open, I've removed barriers, I'm requesting. Number three, receive. Receive by faith. By faith. Now, let me warn you, this one's going to require you to take a step. This one's going to require everything great received by God includes faith. And so you're going to have to take a step. Like, there's parts of me that wants to go, okay, God, I've got the gift of communication. 
prove it before I have to communicate. No, you're going to have to take a step. You're going to have to walk on that stage. Believe it, I'll take care of it, right? I got, I got the gift of giving. If I give this much, we could be financially in trouble. Try me out. Test me. In it. I, I got the gift of mercy. I got the gift of faith. I got the gift of praying. I got the gift of tongues. I got the gift of... They're all going to require a stepping out. It's called faith. I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to... I'm going to try this. I feel you urging me, and so I'm going to step out much like Peter had to step out of the boat to go, I'm walking on water. You two can't just stay in the boat and go, I'm going to play it safe, but I want all you got for me. Say, no, no, no. I want, I, I want to receive it all by faith, and I'm going, to, I'm going to look at Ezekiel 47. talks about a stream of heaven. This is a vision Ezekiel had, and it was a stream flowing from God's temple. And it said at first, the stream, it was only ankle deep. Verse 47, chapter 47. Then he led me through the water, and now it was knee deep. And then he led me through the water, and it was up to my waist. Come on, I'm wet, but I'm still in control. I still get to tell God whether I'm going to move or not, whether I'm going with the current or not. God can try to push me, and I can stay firmed and planted. Guys, you can go to heaven in this position. The first baptism is all that's required. Asking Jesus in your heart. But why not do what Ezekiel found out, that I went a little bit further where it was so deep, I no longer was the one in control. And I was now flowing with the river of God in the strength that he has. Come on, you got to lose touch with the ground. You can't limit God by the size of my mind or your mind. He's God and I am not. In fact... This is just my opinion. I didn't read this anywhere, and, and it's my working theory. But I answered when the first baptism happened and when the second one happened. You might say, when do I know I've been filled with the Holy Spirit? This is my working theory. When you overcome. Because God wants to give you strength to overcome. I've heard some people teach me it's when you get filled with tongues. I've heard some people teach me it's when you get filled with a radical feeling of immersion and, and, and radical love. Some of those things are hard to measure, okay? And some of them to become dogmatic and religious. I, I want all God has for you. I wish everyone spoke in a tongue. And, and, and just as Paul said, but let me tell you this. When you start changing and overcoming, that's when you know the Holy Spirit's on my side. And I'm starting to beat the devil more than he's beating me. I believe that's when I know the Holy Spirit's working with me. I used to be fearful to tell somebody else about Jesus. Now I'm stepping out. I used to be hesitant to share my faith. Now I'm stepping out. I used to be hesitant to give, and now I'm giving. Come on, when you overcome, when you are marked by a difference, when you overcome fear, addictions, anger, selfishness, limitations, your own IQ, when you overcome, I think that's when I'm now flowing in the river of God and the Holy Spirit. I, I'm immersed in Him. So you simply pray this, God, I know there's more. Help me to receive all you have for me. God, I know there's more. Help me to receive all you have for me. And then number four, when you receive him, relate with him daily. Um, there's a man in our church who called me this week, and he said this. He said, I had a humbling moment because 
uh, one of my kids touches me in a way that sometimes just touches my last nerve and I think many of us parents can relate to that like some of our kids know how to just get us right in that spot and he said I didn't have my best day today and I'm humbled and and he was like I'm asking for prayer and I said I'm gonna pray with you but I also believe like when you feel that nerve being touched let's give space for the Holy Spirit like try to stop this is much easier said than done but here's what I try to do I try to stop and I try to go Holy Spirit I'm going to need you right now. Holy Spirit, I don't want to step out in anger and hurt and, um, and, and, and hurt anyone. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to call on the Holy Spirit. And I'll finish with this. When I was in Louisiana recently celebrating uh, the church I, I gave my life to, um, they had a 50-year anniversary. I was just down there in like August or something like that. And a gentleman who I used to run media with, he ran the sound console with, and we worked together serving alongside each other. He found it imperative to me. He said, before you leave, I want to meet with you. He drove out into the boonies of Louisiana where I was hanging out with some friends. And he said, I found this book. I wanted to give it to you. I've never found anybody who wasn't blessed by this if you want to grow closer with the Holy Spirit. It's called Walking with Numa. I was like, interesting title. <laughs> let, me, let me do some research first, okay? Let me make sure. Guys. I've looked into this pastor, and he seems to be a pastor out in California, and I've enjoyed reading this book. It's just a daily devotional written from the Holy Spirit's perspective to you, and you read one page in the morning, and you read one page in the evening as it encourages you to walk and relate with the Holy Spirit daily. If you want one, we have about 18 copies that they sent to us. They're only $5 in the Resource Center. If you ever read the screw tape letters, this is like the opposite. Walking with the Spirit on a daily basis. I thought it was pretty awesome and it's helped me a lot. So if you would like one, there's only 18 of them. Grab them before you leave. But let me read this portion and I'm going to get out of the way. It says, written from the Holy Spirit's perspective. Let me take charge of your mind combing out tangles of deception. Be transformed by the truth that I live within you. Let my light shine in you. Don't dim it with worries or fears. Pause before responding to people or situations, giving me space to act through you. Hasty words and actions leave me no room. And I'm just like, oh. Come on, I'm going to try that today. Those are the types of encouragements in it. If you want one, there's one there. But here's what we're going to do. Um, it's my responsibility. Only you can decide if you want more of the journey. It's my responsibility to try to create environments to offer that for you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, the first most important step, the one that matters absolutely the most, is the first baptism. And that is a simple decision in your heart that I want to change from the way I've been living. Give my life wholly to Jesus Christ and let him live through me. If you want to make that decision right here and right now, in your seat or at home where you're listening, you can make that decision. It can remain private. I don't believe it should remain there forever. But today... I'm not going to embarrass you or call you forward, but when you make this decision, he wipes away your slate and he covers every sin and shame, guilt, it all goes away. And the Bible says God remembers your sins no more. And if that's you in this place, every head bowed, every eyes closed, I'm not calling you forward, I'm not embarrassing you. 
But would you just real quickly just raise your hand up to heaven and say, that's me today, God. I choose to go your way. I want to repent of my old way and go your way. Thank you, Jesus. If you're at home, just write in the chat, that's me. And come on, church, let's pray together along with those who raised their hand. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you're the son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I'm a new person. Now I want to receive all you have for me so I can live for you all my days. In Jesus' name I pray.